past hour, two teenagers have been arrested in connection with the murder of a 16-year-old girl in Cheshire. On the 11th of February 2023, the body of 16-year-old Brianna Jai was found in a park in Cheshire in England. Two teenagers, too young to be identified, stand accused of her murder. Bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from court, this is the trial. Brianna Jai. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail. I'll be following the trial every day and reporting on it as it happens. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together, we'll examine what's happened in court and bring you the details behind the headlines. Today, we'll hear evidence that Girl X allegedly had a list of five children she wanted to kill. We'll bring you the WhatsApps which showed Boy Y allegedly agreed to help murder Brianna, but he was reluctant to do it on a school night because he wanted to revise. We'll also hear from the dog walker who found Brianna's body after the attack. Both the defendants deny the charge against them. Welcome to episode three. I've just seen murderers. So in our last episode, we heard from Deanna here, Casey, the lead prosecutor, and she was finishing opening her case. And that's where she was finishing giving the overview of what the prosecution say happened in the run up to and on the day of Brianna's murder. The next stage of this trial, Liz, is that she starts to go through the evidence. And she started by going back to August last year, taking the jury through messages exchanged between Girl X and Boy Y and their movements in the months, weeks days, hours and minutes before Brianna was killed on February the 11th. Now, a lot of these WhatsApps and Snapchats contain the names of other children. And because they're under 16, it means we're not allowed to name them for legal reasons. So they're being referred to by letters of the alphabet. And again, we should say, Caroline, that some of what you'll hear in today's episode is very distressing. So as we said at the beginning, Deanna here took the jury back to August last year. And that's because the jury were told that information recovered from the defendant's mobile phones about killing and torture dated back to then. Now, it's the prosecution case that at this point they weren't actively planning to kill Brianna. But she said they were discussing a plan to kill another boy. He's known in court as Boy M. Now, Miss Here said he was targeted because Boy Y was worried Boy M was getting too close to a girl at school known as Girl A, who he was infatuated with. Their messages have been voiced by actors. Just ask me to do it and I will do it. I will try to kill him. Wear a mask. Use a voice changer and keep him away from Girl A. I'm going to let you decide what to do with him. If you kill him... I would like you to do as you see fit. Cut out his heart, cook it and feed it to your dog. Messages they exchanged later were shown to the jury and they revealed how shy Boy Y was about talking or texting Girl A. And they showed Girl X was effectively coaching him on how to strike up a friendship with Girl A because, in his own words, he was socially inept and too nervous to text her himself. In one message, Girl X told Boy Y... There's nothing to worry about. She's not going to think you are weird. Show you care for her and give her support. She will know she can rely on you and open up to you. 
What if she replies? What do I do? I've been trying to do this for the whole day. The following month, in September, the court heard Girl X downloaded a special app or web browser on her phone. Now, this allowed her to access the dark web and hidden sites which featured torture and murder. Now, this is known as an onion router because it's got lots of layers to encrypt the internet and make the user invisible. Three months later, in December, she sent a screenshot of one of these sites, which are sometimes called red rooms, to Boy Y. The site, Miss Hear said, was for people who like rape, snuff, torture and murder. Girl X told him, I love watching torture vids, real ones on the dark web. I've liked this stuff for a while. I finally found a good red room. So we know that around the same time, in December last year, Girl X told Boy Y that she developed a fascination with Brianna and that, according to the prosecution, by the new year, this fascination had turned darker. On January the 23rd, three weeks before Brianna's death, Girl X told Boy Y she'd tried to kill Brianna with an overdose of ibuprofen. They also discussed trying to trick Brianna by hiding medication in a McDonald's milkshake. We heard a bit about this in our episode on Monday. You know that girl I mentioned, Brianna? I'm still trying to kill her, and the easiest way is pill overdose. People already know she's depressed and shit, so nobody would get sus. But for some reason, she has a high tolerance. Like I gave her some today that should have been enough to kill her, but she didn't die. And we now know that around the same time, Brianna had been violently sick and her mum had considered taking her to hospital. And in a statement which was read to the jury, Esther Jai said she remembered Brianna being physically sick, but she didn't consider anything suspicious had happened at the time. She just assumed her daughter had appendicitis or a tummy bug. Her words had been voiced by an actor. I remember coming home from work and Brianna and her sister were at home. I got home from work about 6pm and as I got in, I shouted hi up to Brianna who was in her room, which was normal and then I went into the kitchen to start tea when I heard Brianna screaming. My initial thought was that she had self-harmed and hurt herself. I immediately ran straight upstairs to her. She was in her bedroom on her bed, rolling around in agony holding her stomach. She was screaming in pain saying, I think I'm going to die. It was quite frightening. I have never seen Brianna like that. She is not a sickly child and she was clearly in distress and I wondered if it could have been appendicitis. I left her to go downstairs to get my phone so I could Google it, but Brianna kept saying, don't leave me, don't leave me, which is really unusual for her. While I was downstairs, I heard a loud splash of water upstairs and when I ran back up, I saw that Brianna was hanging over the side of her bed and had been sick all over the bedroom floor. The vomit was like a clear water with grape skins in there. My first thought was that she had eaten too many grapes which had caused her to be ill. I cleaned the mess up and although Brianna wasn't in as much pain as before, she was still in some discomfort, writhing around in pain. Miss Jai said she considered calling an ambulance, but by the time she'd cleared up the sick, Brianna seemed a little better, and she recovered quickly, so much so that she didn't think her daughter even had the next day off school. In other messages sent on the same day, on January the 23rd, Girl X told Boy Y that she'd already killed two people. I haven't killed many people, by the way. 
How many? Two. You are one kill away from being a serial killer. Fuck yes, lol. Still, that means a longer sentence if you're caught. Now, the court was told there was no evidence that this was true. Girl X then went on to tell Boy Y in the messages that she knew a lot about the American serial killer Richard Ramirez, who's known as the Night Stalker. She said she could talk about him for, like, two hours, including quotes and dates and stuff. And two days later, she sent a picture of a note she'd written to Boy Y. It was headed Richard Ramirez and contained a list of the serial killer's credentials. Alongside the picture, she sent a message. This time she was asking Boy Y to help her kill a different classmate, a child known as Boy R. And we know from the prosecution case that he was one of five children, including Brianna, who were on a list of people they allegedly wanted to kill. So I need help killing someone called Boy R. It's his fault if I get expelled and I really, really hate it. What did he do? told teacher about me taking pills and stuff. Boyar is a dick to me. He deserves to die. What pills slash medicine? LSD. Well, that's bad, yeah. Later that evening at about five o'clock, Girl X was searching serial killer facts on the internet, the jury was told. The court was told their WhatsApp discussion about killing Boy R then resumed, with Boy Y suggesting Girl X could use drugs or assassinate him. She said she needed Boy Y's help restraining Boy R. She said, I want your help to fuck with his brain and slitting his throat. Boy Y said he would go and search Chinese torture then, and the court was told that moments later he did search online for 20 of the slowest torture methods, medieval torture techniques and sensory deprivation. Miss Hear said the prosecution knew this from the data that was later retrieved from his mobile phone. We'll pause there for a quick break. The following day, Miss Hear said the pair exchanged messages discussing how to kill another boy, known as Boy E. Girl X allegedly set up a fake Instagram account to try and get Boy E to talk to her online so they could arrange a meeting. But he failed to take the bait, so the jury heard on January the 28th they turned their attention to Brianna instead. And as we heard earlier in the week, they arranged to meet her in Colchester that day, but Brianna said she couldn't make it and cried off at the last minute. Messages sent by Girl X later that evening were shown to the jury. Now, the prosecution say these messages show she was disappointed and keen to get on with the murder plan. But Boy Y was more concerned about doing his revision and was reluctant to attack Brianna on a school night. We should warn you, some of the detail in the next exchange is distressing and offensive. Let's kill Brianna tomorrow, 6pm. If I can, then yes. Please, come out tomorrow between 6 and 8. It's a school day. I'll be eating around 7pm. Please, I want it done ASAP. Can't. It's a school night. I don't want to wait. I want it done really badly. 
I just want to see her die ASAP. I want to see the pure horror on her face and hear her scream in pain. So Liz, the court was told Girl X didn't want to wait to kill Brianna and five days later, on February the 3rd, she wrote what the jury have been told was a murder plan. This is the note we mentioned in Tuesday's episode that was headed victim, Brianna Jai, which police found in her bedroom after she was arrested. But we know it was another eight days before she and Boy Y allegedly carried out that killing. Yes, according to the messages seen by the jury, Girl X appeared more excited by the prospect of killing than Boy Y did. At just after 9pm on February the 9th, two days before the murder, they started messaging again. I'm excited about Saturday. Why? Brianna, remember? Oh, yeah. Are you excited? I forgot. How? Because I'm eating. The evening before the alleged murder, Boy Y messaged Girl X to see if Brianna was still coming to their meeting in the park the next day. The jury was told Girl X asked him which knife he was bringing with him. It's a hunting knife. It's the one I showed you before. Oh yeah, I remember. That will definitely 100% kill her. Yes, it cuts my skin easily. Later on, the court heard, Girl X told him she was watching her favourite horror film, Sweeney Todd, and sent him a 16-second video clip of the movie to watch for himself. I've just put my favourite film on. I'm watching for the 9,000th time. Sweeney Todd, you should watch it. He kills people with one of the sharpest blades in the world. One slit, slice things very deep. He's singing about abducting a child. You should watch it. It's really good and dark and gory and romantic. When Boy Y replied that he couldn't watch romantic films, Girl X started to tease him about being autistic. And in fact, Liz, the jury have been told that since the murder, Boy Y has been diagnosed with autism and his verbal communication is now limited. But before he was arrested, he hadn't been formally assessed. And at times during the trial, both Boy Y and Girl X have been seen with fidget or tangle toys, which are known to calm anxiety, which is one of the symptoms of autism. TBH, you do show a few signs of autism. You should get tested. I would do, but no real point until I'm 16. If I had autism, the government would give my parents money towards the cost of living. But I think that ends at 16, and it would just give my brother more reason to call me autistic. And I am fine. I'm not autistic. You're just mean. I'm excited as fuck for tomorrow. So the following day, according to Miss Here, was the day of the killing, and the jury was shown CCTV from various ring doorbells, shops and restaurants around Colchester. The footage showed Boy Y being dropped off by his mum at Sainsbury's in the village before meeting Girl X, and the pair walking to meet Brianna at the bus stop. The court's been shown haunting images of Brianna, which were captured on the ring doorbell camera at her home in nearby Birchwood as she left to get the number 28 bus to Culcheth at 12.45pm. 
In a statement read to the court, the bus driver, Kieran Mercer, said he remembered Brianna because of her distinctive outfit, and you may remember that she was wearing a fluffy white coat with a hood, a short tartan skirt and over-the-knee white socks, which the driver said seemed inappropriate for the freezing cold weather. He said Brianna seemed very timid and delicate and he got the impression she was someone who wanted to be left alone. Now we know, Liz, from Brianna's mum that Brianna had messaged her from the bus to say that she was on the bus, she was alone and that she was scared and her mum had tried to reassure her in a message that was sent back. And in a statement that was read to the jury, she said she'd done so because she was proud of her daughter. But tragically, she also said that she didn't think Brianna had seen that message of reassurance before before she died because when she checked her phone after the police told her Brianna had been killed it was still unread everything after that was a blur she said CCTV of the defendants meeting Brianna off the bus and drone footage of the village and the route they walked as they made their way along the main road through an alleyway between houses on an estate and into Linear Park was also shown to the jury Statements were also read of witnesses who saw them and remembered Brianna because of her distinctive outfit. So we know there was camera footage and CCTV footage of the three of them walking to the park from the bus stop. Once they got into the park, though, there was no footage and no cameras which captured what happened. But the jury next heard about a 999 call. Now, this was made at 3.13pm by a dog walker called Catherine Vise. Now, she, with her husband Andrew, had been walking their two dogs in Linear Park when they discovered Brianna's injured body. And this 999 call was played to the court. And, Liz, it's fair to say this was a really distressing part of the evidence. Yes, it was, Caroline. And in this kind of dramatic call, Mrs Vise tells the operator that she needs police and ambulance urgently because a girl has been very hurt. She tells the operator she's frightened because the girl's bleeding heavily and she's seen a male and female close to the girl who've run away. Hurry up, I'm on my own, she said. I've just seen murderers. Mrs Vise sounds breathless and can be heard repeating, oh my God, oh my God, and it's awful. She starts crying on the call when the operator asks if the girl is breathing, saying, she's in such a mess, we can't touch her, she looks dead. The court heard that Mr Vise stayed with Brianna while Mrs Vise jogged the half mile back to the car park to direct the emergency services when they arrived. Mr Vise told the court he thought he heard Brianna breathe or sigh and told her, don't worry, we're phoning the police, hang in there. A video of the interview Mrs Vise gave to officers the following day was also played to the jury. She told the police it was a beautiful dry day and the park was eerily quiet for a Saturday. Around one kilometre or about ten minutes into their walk, she said they saw a male crouching down over what they thought was a dog. She assumed he was putting it on the lead, she said, but as they got closer, Mrs Vice said the man and woman went into an adjacent field and started running. Not a sprint, more of a lolloping run, she said, which she felt was suspicious. Brianna's body was laying in a contorted position on the steps between the footpaths, she told police. Initially, she and her husband thought she was a doll, but they soon realised it was a girl who was very seriously injured. Her words have been voiced by an actor. My first thought was that it was a blow-up doll and they are trying to play a prank on us. There were smears of blood, handprint marks, fingerprint marks of blood. 
Her shirt was soaked in blood. I crouched down to look. I didn't want to look anymore. She looked like her face was covered in blood. My husband stooped down. He said, okay, we're going to get some help for you. But I think she was dead. Her body was in the wrong position. I kept saying, are you sure it's not a dummy? But she was wearing real shoes. She wasn't dressed for walking. She wasn't dressed warmly. I rang 999 and said, there's been a serious attack and we need police and ambulance. I couldn't say she was dead for sure. I just felt very, very frightened. Poor girl. I didn't think her face looked good and it was frightening. I thought she had thick white tights on, but she didn't. It was her skin. She was so white. It was awful, awful. My husband said to me, I think I've heard a groan. But he looked at her and there was no breathing movement. If someone was alive, you wouldn't be in that contorted position. She looked like a rag doll. I didn't touch her. In my heart of hearts, I just felt she was dead. Now, in that police interview, Mrs Vice also said the girl had stared and looked her in the eyes for eight to ten seconds before running away with the male across that adjacent field. She made eye contact with me and it frightened me, she said. It was very unusual. Mrs Vyse said she couldn't be sure if the male had touched Brianna while he was crouched over her and admitted she hadn't seen any aggression or either of the attackers with a knife. She said she'd made notes as soon as she got home because she knew what she'd seen was very serious and she gave detailed descriptions of the attackers to police. And she refuted suggestions from barristers representing both defendants that she was perhaps mistaken about what they looked like. I have a good memory, she said. So that's it for today. We'll be back on Tuesday with more of the evidence as the prosecution case continues. In the meantime, you can follow us on X at The Trial Podcast and contact us, thetrial at mailmetromedia.co.uk. You can leave a comment on Spotify or even send us a voice note on WhatsApp on 07796 657 512 and start your message with the word trial. See you then. <laughs>